0: morning i greet you all this morning in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ as we come for worship this day just a couple of announcements Um, again please continue to wear your masks while you're in the service and practice social distancing as much as possible Um, our offering is at the box at the back there next to joe if you have an offering to be go to be handed in today we're still not comfortable passing the plates just yet And our annual meeting is coming up on Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock. So just a reminder, we will have our annual meeting Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock here in the church or in the hall. Depends on uh, how warm the building is in which section. (laughs) So uh, we'll have that annual meeting. We will also have a prayer time in preparation for the annual meeting at 6 o'clock. We will do that here in the sanctuary. So 6 p.m. prayer time at 7 o'clock we will have the annual meeting. Any other announcements to share this morning? I have one. Yes, you do right.
1: Um The Corral is doing a concert next Sunday night at 8 p.m. at Christ the King in Sydney. I think it's a concert you would like. It's uh, called Flowing Waters or Shining Waters. could be Shining Flowing Waters, I don't There's a poster <laughs> on the back. Um, but it's uh, some Cape Breton songs, songs about the water. And also some hymns we're doing at the river and uh, how can I keep from singing and another really, really nice one that's new to me called No Time. It's it's a very accessible concert. Anyway, um, the poster's out there if you're interested. It's next Sunday night. Thank you.
0: Anything else to share today? Let's just take a moment then to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. We light this candle. Remember, Jesus Christ walks with us each and every single day. Let's join together in a responsive psalm, Psalm 131. My heart is not too proud, my eyes are not raised too high. I do not myself that too great for me, with
1: that are beyond me.
0: But I have stilled and quieted my soul, like a weaned child nestling to its mother, like a child is my soul within me. together in prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, as we walk with you through our daily lives, may we be ever aware of your presence. May we encounter you today in this time of worship and ever be blessed. Amen. Our opening hymn this morning is Come Children, Join to Sing.
2: Today's reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 1 to 18a. From Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, To all God's people in Philippe, you are in union with Jesus Christ, including the church leaders and helpers. My God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, gives you grace and, praise and peace. I thank you, God for you every time I think of you and every time I pray for you all. I pray with joy because of the way in which you have helped me in the work of the gospel from the very first day until now. And so I am sure that God who began this good work in you will carry it on until it is finished on the day of Christ Jesus. You are always in my heart and so it is only right for me to feel as I do about you. For you have all shared with me in this privilege that God has given me, both now that I am in prison and also while I was free to defend the gospel and establish it firmly. God is my witness that I am telling the truth when I say that my deep feelings for you all comes from the heart of Christ Jesus himself. I pray that you love, I pray that your love will keep on growing more and more together with the knowledge that the perfect judgment so that you will be able to choose what is best. Then you will be free from the impurity and blame on the day of Christ, who lives, whose, whose lives will be filled with the truly good qualities, which only Jesus Christ produces, for the glory and peace of God. I want you to know, my brothers, that I have that I have the things that are that the things that happened to me have greatly have really helped me progress in the gospel. As I as a result, the whole place I am with I as a result. The whole place, the whole palace guards, and all the others who know who know that I am in prison because I am a servant of Christ. And my being in prison has given most of the brothers here confidence in the Lord so that they will grow bolder all the time to preach the message fearlessly. Of course some of them preach Christ because they are jealous and quarrelsome but others from genuine goodwill. These do so from love because they know that God has given me the word of defending the gospel, which others do not proclaim. Christ sincerely, but from a spirit of selfish ambition, they think that they will make themselves, they will make more trouble for me while I am in prison. It does not matter. I am happy about it so long as Christ is preached in every way possible, whether from wrong or right motives. The word of the Lord.
0: Let us pray. Lord, we enter into your presence just ever aware that we are wading into a relationship with you. May we be so bold, be so brave to, to take that first step, to dip our toe into what it means to be your disciple, the disciple of your son, Jesus Christ. So as we gather around the word you have for us is say, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Good Christians go to jail. Now I'm not talking about the pastors over the last couple of years who fought against government mandates around COVID-19. There's pastors that Fought against the public health measures put in place to, to limit a serious virus. We at Carmen have supported those mandates wholeheartedly in order to do our part to protect one another and our communities from the long term effects of COVID 19. The pastors who defied the authorities and sought to have, still have church gatherings without masks, those who ended up fined or, or in jail, those. Pastors were quite good at making the church look bad. They made the church look kind of selfish and, and out of touch. Meanwhile, we got along fine with our online services. We connected with people from across the country. We, we reconnected with, with family and friends who have moved away, and, and many of you are still watching with us right now, and I thank you for that, uh, for continuing to be part of our family here. Those other pastors, the ones who caused a stir, who got fined, and even the few that were thrown in jail, they quite frankly, to me, looked uh, childish. Yet they claimed that by being thrown in jail, they were doing the Lord's work because the government was using COVID-19 as an excuse to persecute Christians. So you maybe can start to see what I'm talking about when I say they look silly or, or a bit childish. Good Christians go to jail. And the good Christians I'm talking about are those who stand in the face of, of real oppression, of real persecution, who stand for justice. I'm talking about the pastors who are in the front lines of the Black, black Lives Matter movements, protests, uh, as black people were being shot and killed in the United States. I'm talking about Christians who, who block roads or chain themselves to trees in order to protect First Nations communities from the Spread of capitalism as pipelines try to go through reserves, or they're, they're fighting to protect the environment. I'm talking about people like Martin Luther King Jr., who preached the gospel of, of equality to his black brothers and sisters. yet was thrown in jail numerous times and eventually assassinated for his views. I'm talking about people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German theologian who was arrested and thrown in a concentration camp in World War II as a part of a group who are, plotting against to over, who are plotting to overthrow the Nazis and even plotting to assassinate Hitler. I'm talking about people like Paul, who was thrown in jail all kinds of times for preaching about Jesus and the selfless life he asks us to live and inviting people to join with him in the journey of following Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Those are the good Christians I'm talking about. We've turned to, the, to the letter, Paul's letter to the Philippians and he, he's in prison as he's writing this. Probably in the city of Ephesus. And it's not entirely clear why he's there, but we get some hints. And it sounds like there's some, been some conflict among the preachers in the town. They don't, they're, they're arguing over things and they managed to get Paul thrown into prison. Now, in the early church, there was some division about what it meant to join the church, to become a Christian, to follow a follower of Jesus. For some preachers, to convert to Christianity means you had to take on certain traditions of the Jewish faith in order to become a Christian. They argued that Jesus was Christian. They argued that the church came out of the Jewish community, so there were certain rules they needed to follow. But Paul disagreed. Paul simply felt that as you gave your life to Christ, that was enough. And then from there, God would direct you as to how to live. Now obviously, as we look at the church today, Paul's argument won out. And and uncircumcised men across the world breathe a sigh of relief as they join the church. But it's interesting that as we read Paul's letter, the, the opening verses, Paul doesn't seem to resent that other preachers had a hand in him ending up in prison. Paul says in the final paragraph, he says, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way Christ is preached, whether from false motives or true. And for this, I rejoice. Now I confess, this week as I read that paragraph, I cringed a little bit. I cringe because of what we have seen from various parts of the church over the last two years. As some people fight with the government or even sue the government because of the restrictions that have been put in place that they feel Um, restricted their ability to preach and how the government has handled the pandemic as a whole. And where Paul says some preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, stirring up trouble, that's what I see a few preachers doing. And it bothers me. Now, not all preachers, a very, very few, but even a few here in Cape Breton. And it's bothered me to the point where I have vowed to myself that I'm going to avoid being around them. I'm going to avoid associating with them. Which means I've had to distance myself from some ministries that are going on in Cape Breton that have the potential to do good work. So I think you can see where I'm struggling with this part of the passage. And then Paul says, what does it matter? He says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached And because of this, I rejoice. Thanks, Paul. I'm not sure I wanted to hear that myself, but thanks nonetheless. What is most important to Paul is that Christ is preached. And because he sees this happening, even though he's in jail, what is he doing? He is rejoicing. Meanwhile, for two years, I've been stewing, I've been a bit angry at other churches and other pa- pastors for ignoring the rules put in place to protect our most vulnerable from the pandemic. And then I read Paul say, what does it matter? Christ is being preached. What does it matter? This says a lot for what the maturity, the, faith, that the, the maturity of faith Paul has. It is clearly head and shoulders above my own. He is so confident that God will ultimately shine through. He's willing to let some preachers get away with false teaching. Because even they can bring people to Christ. He's so confident that even these who come to Christ, who may not have heard the correct teachings, that God will still be glorified and will still direct their lives because they have submitted to Him. And I guess that's also a bit where I'm struggling I know there are some preachers out there who don't like what I preach. That's fine. It goes both ways, I guess. And like Paul, I know God will direct the lives of those who give their lives to Him. My question is, is who are they giving their lives to in some cases? Are they submitting their lives to Christ? Or are they submitting their lives to a particular preacher or a particular church? It is my hope that for all of you who come here to this church, that if I went home, packed up the house, and left town tomorrow, it is my hope that your faith would not change because you have given your life to Christ, not to Nick, not to Carmen, but to Christ. I also have no desire as to how to tell you, as to dictate to you how to live your life. It's none of my business what you wear, who you hang out with, what you eat, whether you're circumcised or not. It is my hope, though, that you will spend quality time with God and let Him address the various aspects of your life that may need changing. Let Him show you what sins you have committed and what you need to confess and repent of. Let Him show you who you need to hang out with. Let Him show you what aspects or general life changes, lifestyle changes you need to make. How you live your life is between you and your Heavenly Father. I'm just here to help foster that connection. I'm here to be like Paul, as feeble as my attempts may be, to be like Paul, to help you, to encourage you, to help you take steps in the right direction of knowing God more in your life. And I know I fall short in these things. But like Paul, I just hope I'm showing you enough of Jesus that you want more. In the meantime, maybe I need to pray about what Paul is saying about how I interact with other churches in Cape Breton. Probably something we should all be thinking about time to
1: time.
0: The church in Philippi is a church that Paul founded. He, He started it. And as usual, Paul likes to keep in touch with the various churches he's been involved with. He sends them letters, he goes to visit them, he encourages them. And even occasionally he will redirect them, he will correct them. And, word is it, and, and, as, and, and and as word spreads that Paul is in prison, the church in Philippi sends him a gift, which has prompted this letter in return. And we're going to spend the next few weeks looking at the, the book of Philippians, as we'll just skip through it rather quickly, just hitting some of the high points of what Paul teaches. What is clear though is that Paul is really fond of this church in Philippi. Really, he is with all of his churches. He writes globally of the Philippian church, and he's encouraging them in their faith. And he's asking God to bless them and help them grow even more. I feel a connection with Paul this. Like, even though I never actually started a church, I'm very fond of the churches that I've been involved with over the last 20 or so years. Because they've all helped form me into the person I am today. I pray for them on occasion. I remember the people who encouraged me. I even think fondly of some of those people who challenged me along the way. And I most certainly want God to bless them. Just as I pray that God blesses our church often. And Paul shares with his friends that him being in prison is actually a blessing. It's a blessing because others in the city have become more bold in their own preaching. They're sharing more. And Paul says even in his imprisonment, the whole place, the guards, the prisoners, everyone knows that he is in there because of his faith. Or in chains for Christ, as he puts it. And now others have been more bold and more courageous about sharing their own faith. And Paul says they do it without fear. Good Christians go to jail. They go to jail not because of what they preach and what they share. They go to jail because they're willing to stand against the injustices of this world and proclaim freedom to the captives. Good Christians go to jail fighting against Nazis. Good Christians go to jail fighting against racism. Good Christians go to jail for the health of our planet. Those are the good Christians. They went to jail so that other voices would be heard, voices God cares about, voices God loves, voices that are ignored by the powers and the leaders of the day. When I think of people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Martin Luther King Jr., and I see all the suffering that they went through for their faith and their causes, it makes me stop and think. And I ask myself, what would I be willing to go to jail for? Is there anything? I suppose in a way, I guess I'm still here, so maybe the opportunity hasn't presented itself yet. But I hope when that day comes, should it come, I'm willing to stand on the side of the vulnerable so that their voices will be heard. To use my privilege as a middle-aged white man to, to speak in solidarity with their voices, for those who are ignored and be willing to face the punishment that would come my way for making such a stand, even if it includes prison or worse. Why do I hope I can do this? Because I know God loves everyone, especially those whose voices are forgotten and ignored. And I know God has asked me to love them too. Now I will confess that late this week I was rather upset with our provincial government and their government's plan or lack thereof as to how to deal with the global pandemic we are still in the middle of. This coming week, students and staff in our schools are no longer required to wear masks. Every other province has dropped their mandate. That's their excuse, their argument. And now we are left on our own to handle the rest of this pandemic in our schools, our communities, and even in our homes. Now, I don't think my angry tweets and that to the government are, not, are going to end me up in jail. I'm just trying to love my neighbors. I'm just trying to follow, to give them a glimpse of Jesus by serving them. Now, I feel like I've been talking a lot about myself in this sermon, but it's not because I'm trying to lift myself up as someone to be put on a pedestal. But as an example of someone who still doesn't get it right all of the time, or even some of the time, we all struggle with what it means for us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus on our own. What we must remember, though, is that Jesus didn't sit around waiting for people to come to him, waiting for things to happen. If he wanted people to know he loves them with the same love that he offers us today, he went out to them, He served them. He sought them out. Paul also was a man of action. He went from city to city sharing about Jesus Christ as an authority in his life. And he loved people too. He loved people to the point he ended up in jail numerous times because of other people. Other people who loved themselves more than they loved others. And they get upset and put Paul out of sight. Good Christians go to jail because of love. Because they want to share the love of God with everyone they meet. That is truly God's heart. God's heart is for everyone, especially those who are forgotten, especially those who are ignored. Now I'm not asking you to go to jail. I'm just asking you to love those who are around us especially those who feel unloved, especially those who could use just a little bit of Jesus in their life today. Paul had no fear in sharing his faith, and it sent him to jail a number of times. Yet he persisted. He kept on loving. He kept on encouraging. He kept on on serving in the name of Jesus Christ. May our faith reflect our own relationship with our Father in Heaven. And we may may we feel God's love in us and through us as we share this love with others wherever it takes us. Amen. Let us sing together Oh, Master, let me walk with you. Let us join our hearts together in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you. We thank you for the blessings of life. We thank you for the blessings that your love brings into our hearts, into our lives. We thank you that your presence is ever so near. Lord, we thank you for the community in which we live, even with its struggles and troubles. We thank you that we live in a place that is safe. Lord, we come with hearts that are full, but also hearts that are heavy, as we have concerns for the world that is around us. Lord, we pray today for those impacted by the storms that swept through Ontario and come back yesterday. Lord, we pray for the families of those who lost loved ones. We pray for healing in their hearts and those who are injured. Lord, we pray for the accident that was on Kelly's Mountain last night and any lives that have been impacted by it. Lord, we pray too for The people, again, for the people of Ukraine and Russia. And we pray for an an end, a peaceful end to this war. We pray for wisdom, for governments that seek to to intervene and, and bring about peace. Lord, we pray for those in our own lives that are hurting today. For whatever the reason may be. For those who are lonely, for those who are hungry, for those who are mourning, for those who are in need of healing, Lord, we just lift them all up to you. And Lord, we too now just lift up the prayers of our hearts to you this day. Lord, as you hear our prayers, assure us again that you will answer us, that you will guide us, that you will heal and bring peace. Lord, we pray that all that we have is yours, our offering, our lives, our service. Lord, may it all be to your glory as we seek to do the work of Jesus Christ in this world. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The closing hymn this morning is, Lord, speak to me. It's probably good that the service is just about over because I don't know my voice will last much longer. (laughs) Too much cheering at track and field meets this week. Let us go. Let us be servants of Jesus Christ to a world that is in need of God's love now and every day. Let us be the hands and feet of Christ for those who cannot walk, who cannot work, who cannot stand on their own. Let us go be agents of God's peace. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, and each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.